I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. So how did a phone call send John Lynch from the broadcast booth to becoming the general manager of the 49ers? And did he ever consider trying to get that job with the Bucks? And what's been Lynch's formula to turning the 49ers around from a 4-12 team a year ago to NFC champion and in the Super Bowl on Sunday? We've got John Lynch one-on-one on this edition of Sports Day Tampa Bay. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times along with producer Steve Versnick. Hey, folks, you may have heard of Tampa Bay Downs, but have you experienced it for yourself? If you haven't, what's holding you back? Tampa Bay Downs has been a Tampa entertainment landmark since 1926, and they offer a lot more than just horse racing, of course. The Thoroughbreds will be running every Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. But in addition to that, they also feature No Limits action in the Silks Poker Room, and you can work on your golf swing at the Downs Golf Practice Facility. All right, Mike Henry joins us now. And, Mike, of course, it's always a great weekend at Tampa Bay Downs. This is no exception. A couple of interesting uh, promotions, if you will. One I'm interested in for sure. If you like to eat and drink a little bit, this is the Saturday for you, right? Well, yes, Rick. It's too bad you won't be able to join us for it um, unless you have a lot of frequent flyer miles and you don't mind going back and <laughs> forth all day Saturday. <laughs> but uh, we have our it. second annual uh, bourbon and barbecue event, and it's a chance for uh, uh, people to come out and enjoy the finest barbecue luncheon, uh, buffet luncheon, uh, bourbon tasting, as well as hand-rolled cigars. And it starts oh, at my. noon on Saturday. It's thirty nine ninety five, and it's going to be held out in the picnic pavilion uh, area, and we're expecting another good turnout as we had last year. Well, I'm totally jealous. That's right up my alley, bourbon and barbecue. It sounds terrific. And also, of course, uh, it is Super Bowl Sunday. Uh, you've got the uh, a great game in the 49ers and the Chiefs, as well as great racing at Tampa Bay Downs. But if you want to hang around, you can watch that game a little bit too, right? Well, yes. Uh, we're encouraging all the fans to wear their uh, 49ers and Chiefs gear out to the game. But uh, our racing will end before the game, but we continue to simulcast from West Coast tracks and other tracks around the country. And all the TVs up in the Silks Poker Room, in addition to being on the races, will be on the game. So uh, I'm sure there will be a lot of clandestine, under-the-table action going on. (laughs) Don't tell anyone I said that. That's that's right. Uh, Unofficially, of course. The legal gambling can happen on the track, however, and we got lots of that at Tampa Bay Downs. Mike, have a great weekend. Thanks so much. Same to you, Rick. For more information, you can call Tampa Bay Downs at 813-855-4401 and check out their website at tampabaydowns.com for more information and 2020 promotions and make plans to live it up at the Downs. So, Steve, uh, earlier this week, a couple days ago, I had the opportunity to meet with John Lynch and um, we've been trying to hook up for a while but of course it's a busy week for him I mean you think of what he could accomplish this weekend as a finalist for the seventh time the Pro Football Hall of Fame on Saturday and then Sunday 
his 49ers play the Chiefs in Super Bowl 54. Um, you sweep that, Cornella. You've you've had a life altering experience for sure. But it, it was it was really uh, an interesting sort of meeting with him in that uh, you know he sent me a text and said, "Hey, I'm at this uh, you know meet me at this restaurant in downtown Miami across from their hotel." Um, and the name of the restaurant was Cantina La Viente, and or La Vente, and it, uh, you know, it's in the W Hotel. It's a, it's it's gourmet kind of kind of Mexican Spanish restaurant, and so I walked over there, and he goes, "We're downstairs," and I didn't know what that meant because I've never been to this place. So I go downstairs, and there's a table, sort of on a patio facing Biscayne Bay. You talk about a gorgeous, gorgeous spot, and. You know, this 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 breeze was blowing through there, and um, it wasn't just John and maybe another guy or two. It was the whole, like the whole front office, was down there eating, uh, having sort of a uh, sort of a team lunch, if you will. Guys like Martin Mayhew and and um, you know Keena Turner, um, their pro scouts, their college scouts, um, you know, security guy. I mean, there was probably about. I'd say 10 to 12 total at this table. And just in like the first few moments, and of course, let's face it, you can't have a bad time at the Super Bowl, right? Your team has made it to the ultimate game. You've had one incredible year, and you just want to finish it off on Sunday. But to watch those guys interact and just sort of, you know, led by John, who organized this luncheon, really a special group of, of guys and just sort of the the camaraderie that they have. I mean, winning winning organizations um, are generally about the people, right? That they hired, not only for the jobs they do, but also sort of the sort of the synergy that they have among each other. And and I think John has come in and, and uh, you know set the right tone. He, but he's more than that; he's hired the right people, uh, and that's that's played out right in the drafts and some of the free agent acquisitions and the things that he has done, and these guys who have really helped them and including his former teammate, uh, Martin Mayhew. So, you know, it was, uh, re- they were relaxed, uh, um, you know, margaritas were flowing, and it, it, was, it was as good a, of, of a feeling as you can imagine um, after what's been, you know, uh, a, a tough three years. I mean, this year everything kind of fell into place for them, but you have to remember, you know, this is a team with, with Mike or Kyle Shanahan, that started 0-9, lost their first nine games with John Lynch and, and Kyle. Then, you know, finished 6-10, and 10, went on a run after the trade for Jimmy Garoppolo. And then the next season, Garoppolo tears his ACL, and they wind up going 4-12. So when they started this season, you know, granted they had a six-year contract, neither, you know, Shanahan nor Lynch felt very confident about the way things were going. Um, but they were certainly going to... Uh, continue to to work their plan and hope for better health, and they got that at the quarterback position in some other places. And then, lo and behold, um, you know they get off to a nine and zero start, and and of course uh, won some huge games down the stretch, and found themselves with the number one seed. And here they are uh, in you know in Super Bowl fifty four. So the story has been told, but I'll, I'll retell it now because I think some people, you know, I get this a lot. Like, why isn't John Lynch the GM of the Bucks, like you know, everybody knew they knew John Lynch in Tampa, and if he wanted to be, you know, in football operations or run a franchise, even though he's had no scouting experience, he hadn't worked 
you know, this is not the traditional way you get hired for these jobs, right? Most of these guys spend years and years evaluating talent or working in front offices and get promoted to this spot. Very rare for former players, unless you're John Elway or somebody like that. Um, and yet, you know, Lynch, his future was secure. I mean, he was the, uh, with the number two broadcast team at Fox. He was a guy that, you know, eventually could have taken over for Troy Aikman or hell, maybe wind up, you know, uh, on, you know, in the studio desk with Howie Long and those guys at some point. So he was and his life was good. I mean, his, you know, his, his son was uh, going to be a senior in high school. They had moved back to San Diego when his career was over in Denver. That's where Linda's family is, his wife. Uh, everybody was good. Everybody was happy. He had a job that probably paid him seven figures, and he was really good at it, really, really good at it. And so um, it wasn't like the traditional path to, to this sort of position. But in in doing that, he always had a – John always had a curiosity about him, even as a player. I mean, he always wanted to know why things worked and why they didn't work, you know, not just his job, but, but he, he always saw the big picture, right? And, and, you know, from the safety position, everything is sort of in front of you. So you sort of have your, a unique vantage point. And for for Lynch, he had been covering these games and, and uh, you know, having these production meetings with the head coaches, with the offensive coordinators. And, you know, about three years ago, three or four years ago, I guess it would have been 2016, Kyle Shanahan was the offensive coordinator for the Atlanta Falcons. And he did – you know, a divisional playoff game that the Falcons had against the Seattle Seahawks. And they had a really good day. And there was, like, uh, an amazing call, touchdown pass to Tevin Coleman, I believe. And, you know, Lynch was had been become very impressed with, with Shanahan. Now, granted, he had played for Kyle's father, Mike, in Denver, uh, but their paths never really crossed aside from just knowing he was a Broncos player and what his dad told him because at that time – Kyle went to the Tampa Bay Bucks the same year and was, you know, their offensive quality control assistant. So they really never had worked together per se. But Lynch had probably, you know, by his estimate, had probably sat down with Shanahan or called him because Kyle's a guy that likes to do a lot of the phone stuff. He doesn't doesn't like to do much in person. Um, probably about ten times over the years during his work with Fox. And Shanahan heard what he had said, you know, about this particular call, about how impressed he was with Kyle and. You know, sort of like what Gruden used to say, you know, give me I like 10 of those guys, man. I, I like, you know, I like what he did here. So when they did, at, at you know, at that time, he was already rumored, heavily rumored, um, to get the San Francisco 49ers head coaching job. He had interviewed for that position. There was a couple others that were out there, uh, but it looked like that the 49ers were going to make him the offer, and he knew it. And when he called John, you know, they got to talking about that, and basically um, – you know, Kyle said, yeah, you know, I'm probably going to end up in San Francisco, but uh, I've got to find a general manager that I can work with. I got to, you know, I'm going to be paired with somebody and I want to make sure we, you know, we, I have the right guy, you know, sort of before I go in there. And, and John just, you know, didn't think about it much and filed it away and they hung up and, and, uh, and then said, I couldn't sleep for the, for the next really three nights. I was just, just in a fit, like I couldn't figure out why. What what is it that I'm, you know, I'm stressed out about? Like what what has got me all, uh, you know, all awake in the middle of the night? And finally, it dawned on him. It was what Kyle had said, and 
you know, basically I'm looking for the right GM. So John called him back, and it was right before they were to play uh, the NFC Championship game against Green Bay, which they won to go to the Super Bowl. And um, he said, yeah, you know, this one thing's been bothering me. You, you mentioned, you know, you're looking for a GM. Well, how about me? And, of course, Kyle had never considered it because of the position that John had put himself in in broadcasting and, and all that stuff. And, and immediately he really is like, wow, would you do that? Yeah, that would That's exciting. Like, I, I have to think about that. Like, that's really, are you sure? And, you know, the more they got to talking, uh, one thing led to another, and he got, got the call from Jed York, the COO of the 49ers, and went out there for an interview. And, you know, it, it was tough on the family because – you know, they had moved a couple times because of John's, you know, job in football, playing for the Denver Broncos, and, uh, you know, had just recently gone back to San Diego, thought they would be there for life. His son was a senior in high school. So even though he wanted the job, you know, his wife told him, look, you know, you're going to have to pursue this because it'll drive you nuts if you don't, um, and then we'll just figure it out. And, and, and the toughest part was being away from his family. On the one hand, it was good because he was able to dive, you know, completely into work uh, with the 49ers and up there in Northern California. Uh, but of course, he's a big family guy, and the negative was that he wasn't going to be around, you know, for for Jake's senior year and 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 miss would miss his his family and his little girl's wife. Um, but Jed York came up with a solution. He says, "Look, you know, we'll figure a way uh, for you to have." you know, plenty of miles and, and hours on on a private jet to uh, to fly down there as, as much as you're available. So um, it probably was a good thing, you know, John said, that, that he could totally dive into his his new job and, and he had such a, a big learning curve. Um, but I think it, it, it also, you know, was a was a was a pretty rough first year being being that far from uh, from home. So one thing led to another, of course, and things did not go well at first. And I think, you know, the one thing that, that happens in this business is, you know, when, when new, new regimes come in and they lose, you'll have a, a fracturing, right? Sometimes the general manager who's, who has the owner's ear generally sits near or with the owner at every game um, is, is spinning it one way. And then, you know, the coach on the field is doing, you know, fighting like hell just to win every game. And, and and he doesn't necessarily have that interaction on Sunday. And so, you know, a lot of times it's every man for himself if things don't go well. That has not been the case with Lynch and with Shanahan. And I think that, you know, once again, going back to his playing career, um, you know, he's a guy that is, uh, you know, very much a good teammate, loyal to the people he, that he works for, uh, you know, never backstabbed, just, just you know, decided to own – his mistakes and, and, and you know, the, the key was going to be how can we get better players? You know, it was always about, you know, the culture and, and, well, the culture changes when you have really good players. And so even though Garoppolo got hurt, I think it was a sort of a break in a way. They may not be in this game necessarily if that doesn't happen. And, of course, you never want to sacrifice a year. But it gave them the number two overall pick. And, you know, all of a sudden – you got a monster sitting there in front of you in Nick Bosa. And the biggest takeaway, Steve, from this, and, and the Bucks did not do this, and I think, you know, when you draft a quarterback, you want to build around that quarterback. And so, you know, they had a wide receiver. They got another wide receiver. They, they, they signed the left tackle, the left guard. They had to get a free agent center, all this. They built the offense around Jameis Winston. 
you know, John Lynch sort of knew how to do this or knew what he wanted to do, and he started up front on both sides of the ball, particularly on defense. They've got, you know, they four of their, I think, three of the four, three of their last four draft picks uh, in the first round have been defensive linemen. Then they traded for D Ford, who was a first round pick. They have a total of five defensive linemen that have been taken in the first round. So his thing was, let's build this from the front to the back. They did it on both sides of the ball, and here they are three years later in the Super Bowl. I think that's been the formula in football for years. You know, it's, it has it's, been. Look, quarterback, offensive line, defensive line. You figure out the rest mm-hmm. from there. Yeah. If you can get those three positions or those three position groups set on your team, yeah. you'll figure the rest out. Agreed. That's where you can use free agency to fill in holes and such like that. But if you're trying to, if you're trying to build the line of scrimmage, the people closest to the ball at every snap, if you're, if you're not doing that through the draft for the most part, your team's going to struggle. If you're going to have to use free agency or trades to fill major it's positions hard. on those consistently, mm-hmm. it's almost impossible to win in this league. I want to say, and I'd have to check this, but I think I looked it up. I, I think since 2012, right, which, which predates even – it goes back to Mark Dominance era, era actually, um, during this 12-year run of, of no playoffs. The Bucks have drafted one defensive lineman in the first round, and it's Vita Vea. Mm-hmm. Drafted one. They drafted Noah Spence in the second round one year. But in general, they've not drafted, no, not even drafted, let alone have a guy come to the fore. They haven't drafted a defensive lineman in so, so long. And, you know, it looks like Vea might be a player. But what that forces you to do is, to your point, You've got to go out and commit huge resources in terms of salary cap space, salaries, to get a guy like JPP. And you're giving up trade value. You're giving up, um, you know, future players in the, you know, in the mid to early rounds where, you know, that guy ideally would be with your football team four years before uh, he would be looking at free agency. So, you know, there's a lot of uh, of ways to do it, but but I just think that. You know, and now they made mistakes. You know, nobody's perfect. You can look at every draft board and, and every draft class and find where they screwed up. And the funny thing is, Patrick Mahomes could just as easily be a San Francisco 49ers on Sunday, you know, because he was available at number 10, you know, and they did some work on Mahomes and they needed a quarterback. But the bottom line was they didn't think that his – his talent and some of the risk you would take with him was worthy of a number two pick. Had they been picking in the top 10, maybe, maybe he goes there. Maybe he goes before 10, but they just didn't feel comfortable. And, and of course, if you redrafted, obviously they would get a quarterback. Now they scrambled in the best deal that John Lynch ever made. And I kind of think it was sort of a giveaway by Bill Belichick, who he, who he actually played for one preseason in his final you know his final year there when he decided not to go forward with the with the whole thing. I just think that Belichick, you know, was tired of the debate and crafted picked his guy in Brady, and so he was gonna he was gonna give away Garoppolo. But that obviously is a is a franchise changing moment. And they've had a lot of them uh, in a short short group of time. But you know this, this this Niners team is special. I mean they're they're special guys, and that's usually you know what it takes. Does it take talent? Yeah. But the most talented team doesn't always get in this game. You know, there has to be a certain amount of uh, of selflessness and sort of a all-for-one attitude, and that starts with the leadership and your, your head coach and some of the captains and some of the guys they have on this football team. It's a special group. And, you know, the one thing that, uh, that they're hanging their hats on is defense. 
but as Lynch has told them, you know, the Bucks defense was good for about a decade, but you don't get recognized until you win a championship. And then when they went to, you know, the NFC Championship and lost, they got a little closer than Corso 2, they break through. But even then, you know, to be one of the all-time great defenses, you need a couple Super Bowls, and the Bucks weren't able to get that done. Um, but this, this, this 49ers team wants to leave their mark on history. They, they wanted to be known as, um, over the years, one of the best defensive teams in the NFL. I think they can get there. But, man, what, what a jump, what validation it would be to win Super Bowl 54 over that team, over that explosive offense and Andy Reid. Now, that, that's something you can hang your hat on. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. So here's my conversation with John Lynch. I began by asking him how much his playing career helped him in his current job. I think if you're a player and a good player, not that every player is cut out to do this, right? Uh, but I was always curious about why do things work, why do things not work, and yeah. so it was a part of it, just as my broadcasting career was. Right. I think experience is one thing you can see with our team. We build on the defense from yes. the front on from back. back yeah. And this year we got a lot of heat. Like you had two interceptions last year. Why aren't you adding DBs? Because well those we, guys create we believe that these guys up front create that yeah. out back. And, and we believe we believe also that Richard Sherman's gonna be a better version of himself. Akella Witherspoon will be the same as will Mosley. And so we kinda you know we had those beliefs but how do you become convicted in those beliefs? Because you've lived it. Yeah. You know, and yeah. Kyle had helped that he had worked under Marinelli. And yeah, he said his time in Tampa spent as much time on the defensive side with, with, with Ron Monty and Rod. His job was, you know, he always tells me, I, I've asked him before, like, because he told me that early on, Kyle, how'd you do that? You had a job. And he goes, well, as soon as my duties were done and they were never did done. did the scripts. And on game day. That was basically the day. I'd get uh, the tip sheets of Marinelli, Tom, that's why he said he'd get Joe Barry, and I would just examine them and I'd grill them with questions. Because game day is kind of a day yeah. where coaches are, I've done all my teaching. Days in the barn. Let's yeah. go. Yeah. And Kyle used that as an opportunity. And, and uh, I think that's where we connected in many ways is that we had that. You know, people, I think, far probably overblow probably his dad's recommendation meant a lot as to who I was, but it was more so we've got a lot of similarities in what we believe. I think a lot of the foundation of that was defensively where he had been uh, influenced by those guys. By the same guys that you played for. And then, so, what moved you to call him? Do you ever wonder, like... Yeah. How did I? How did I actually yeah. pick up the phone and make him aware? Came out of that nowhere. You know, I, I really thought if it ever happened, it would be a couple situations. It would be John Elway calling me because he had invited me in, and we had talked about it. Yeah. Hey, but John kept saying, "John, you got too good a job. You get paid a lot of money." Yeah. You were, and I mean, you were the number two project. Yeah. And he said, "Hey, Troy. Oh, he knew the deal. Troy's going to leave at some point. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And if he doesn't, maybe they move you to the studio. You got too good a gig. So." Yeah. Keep coming into the off season doing this keeps you fresh. Uh, 
the experience you're getting going around the league, and not that I was given stuff to John, I, I very was right. Much but you get access, access. But John said that's the best training to me because John said you get to see the whole league. <laughs> Keep doing that, and you know if anything ever works out, then I. So it's just a, it's just yeah, kind of in the back. My dad's in San Diego, and he said, hey, you know the Spanishes have mentioned maybe you'd be a, you know, and like before they left, and so there was a lot of. But I always thought it'd be the perfect thing. Maybe Tampa, even I never really delved into that. But then that's what everybody wonders: why didn't yeah. why yeah. didn't you ever say why not Tampa? I had nothing it. against Tampa. Tampa was great to me. Yeah. This thing just happened organically. I did Kyle's games. So I think people far overblow my and Kyle's friendship. Yeah. Kyle was off at college when I was playing in Denver. Well, he played for his he dad. He came to Tampa when you had left yeah. a week earlier. So we never so he, crossed he paths knew there. You, uh, when I went to Denver, he was playing at Duke or yeah. Texas. Texas, yeah. What really where it was founded in is production meetings. Right. And Kyle didn't like going in person. Kyle's kind of a recluse. And so he'd say, dude, call me on the phone. And, you know, what's supposed to be a 10-minute call would turn into an hour. And I did it probably 10 times over the years. And then it culminated with doing a Seattle-Atlanta game. Right. And really, I had really wasn't on my mind. But he said one sentence that was, hey, because uh, I, I think during the game, Tevin Coleman caught a touchdown. I said, guys, this is what I'm talking about. This guy's a cut above offensively. And I understand uh, the concerns that he's arrogant, that yeah. he's pompous, that he's all this, but give me 10 of them, an old Gruden line. You know, yeah, yeah, give yeah. me that guy. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Jed texted me during the games, and I'm trying to. I'm try- and I said, what? And Jed had never contacted me. And I said, you're trying to do what? He said, hire Kyle. So uh, I... Uh, texted Jed and then after that you know kind of like a week later uh, or or then I called Kyle just to congratulate him they were playing Green Bay in the championship game I right. said great job man he and said I really appreciated I thought your thoughts on the game were spot on I really enjoyed that and so I was like wow this is cool we played for Kyle's dad and, and we I mean this guy's special um, and at some point we ended up on the on the phone because he called me back to say thank you. And he said, the one thing I said, hey, you know, Jed texted me. Looks like the San Francisco gig's looking promising. Yours. Yeah. And he said, yeah. I got to find the GM. Or? He just said, I'm, you know, I think that's probably where I'm going to end up. I am going to interview with them. I think that's where I'm going to end up. But I just am struggling to find a GM I really want to work with. And I really want a strong GM. And, and like... I tell the people the story. I went, I went, I couldn't go to bed that night and like the next three nights. And Linda was like, What's wrong with you? You're on vacation. Because not that we were anywhere, we weren't in Hawaii. Yeah, yeah. We were home. But she's yeah. like, Enjoy your kids. And like something was gnawing at me. Yeah. And I knew it, but I didn't know what it was. And finally one day I woke up and I said, It's what Kyle said. And Linda said, Oh, no. <laughs> like, yeah, oh, not, a, not again. And she said, Well, you better call him. And so I called him. I said, Hey, please give me a call. And he was preparing for the championship game. It's Friday afternoon. I'll call you. So he called, and I, I said, Kyle, what you said at the end of our conversation the other day, I can't find a GM. And he goes, yeah. And I said, how about me? And he goes, are you serious? Dude. He goes, like, why would you do that? You have a great job. And I said, well, and I told him all the reasons. And then he said, I, I would be so excited. I'd be fired. Up. Let me think of that. Next morning, he was like, look, I got I to gotta go coach this game. But you have no idea how excited I would be. Will you take a call from Jed? Jed calls me. I go up north, and the thing was on. So it was very much organically. It's not like I picked this over. Yeah, I yeah. didn't have other opportunities. Linda right, right. even told me, 
hard for me to, because I said, Linda, would you be into this? And she said, I can't even think about it unless it's a reality. So go see if there's an opportunity. So right. Jed called me up. The meeting went really well. I told him kind of how my vision. And, mm-hmm. uh, then we got on a private plane and flew across country to meet with Kyle because we could do it on Friday. Yeah. We did Before that. the championship, right? Yeah. yeah. And things just kind of flourished from there. And it was just alignment. So that's kind of very much happened organically. It wasn't like, I think a lot of people think you played for his dad. This was like going on for years. Uh, I don't even, I don't hear that. I, I, yeah. I don't even know that people knew. I mean, they knew you played for his dad, but like Kyle really wasn't in the picture. He went around. He was at Tampa, yeah, and then him. he was in Houston, then he was in, yeah. you know, so, he was kind of everywhere. I just admired the work he was doing. So now, the job, this is what I hear. I've never been a GM. A lot of stuff comes in front of your table that you have no idea you're yeah. going to be dealing with. Is yeah. that, I mean, what? It's crazy. Was never, it? it never ends, you know? Yeah. So you better be committed. I think it helped a lot that the first year, year and a half, my family, because Jake was in school. They had they to stay down there. Diego, they killed me. You know, yeah. you know what a family guy I am. Yeah. He gutted me. Jed made it possible because he got me a lot of private hour, Flights. private flight hours. Yeah. Because he knew that was a roadblock. Because I said at the end, I almost pulled out of one point. I can't be away from my family. Six months in a row. Yeah. And I can't move my kid his senior year. And Jed said, all right, there's an answer for that, you know. And so, like, everything I tried to say. Yeah, said, yeah, yeah, cool. solution. And uh, then Linda, as much of a, she's just a champ. Her dad's down there, her family's down there. But she said, John, I know you. And you've got this in your heart. And, like, we can't not do it because you'll be miserable the rest of your life thinking about it. That's so true. go do it. And I'll support you. And she did. And, you know, there were some tough times in that, too. She had moved from her favorite place in the world. Back home. San Diego. We had just kind of settled for four years. Our kids were happy. And it was like, wow, you. And I said, I do know it. But let's do this together. It wasn't, you know, I'm choosing this over you. Yeah, I'm choosing this with you. Yeah. And that's what we've tried to do. Yeah. Well, so you go 0-9. Yeah. And, but you knew you had to build and and do some things. So between that... And then the trade for Jimmy. I, mean, well, I think a couple things happened. I mean, I remember very vividly. You would know better. I, I'm not like Sap where I remember yeah, every yeah. detail. But I don't know if it was with Tony. Were we one and eight? One and eight. Uh, one and eight. And Tony said, so we're not changing. We're our keep... systems are proven. We're not the past. We're going to do it better. About. We're going to throw whatever. We're going to change. We got the right systems. We're going to get the right people. And so, and Kyle had that same philosophy. We encouraged each other because there were some dark, some dark days. days. Yeah. yeah, and that's all you had, right? Yeah, that fan base was very down, and it was just negative. Well, they had left Harbaugh, who was the double championship. Like, what are we doing? They had first time head coach, had done first time head yeah. GM. Like, what What are you doing hiring a guy like Lynch? He's a great player, but, like, what are you thinking, you know? <laughs> sure. And it was tuning out the noise and believing in what we believed in and putting your head down. And that's what being a player people say where does being that a discipline yeah that discipline because as a player particularly a DB you get a ball thrown in your head how are you going to respond like you better have a quick quick a short memory a short memory and I think that very much helped because I could get in that mode you know Kyle we're all right we're doing the right things we're yeah. going to keep doing it yeah. and we encouraged each, each other, other and we really relied and I think that created a foundation mm-hmm. where he and I are like that you know 
when you have that and you continue to the other thing we took it because people say why would you take that job? well it's a blank slate they cleared the books yeah. so we had cap room and a lot of cap rooms draft picks draft picks all that and we acquired more mm-hmm. and we made some poor decisions but we made a lot of, a lot good, of good decisions ones. and so all of a sudden so there up, becomes this force you know, I remember in the interview Kyle this is where I like really believe you Jed asked me my question about culture. What do you, how do you define culture? And he went to me first. So I talked about all my experience. Here's what I believe. And Kyle said, you know, John gave a great answer, and it's a lot of what I believe, but I really believe culture is about the people you surround yourself with. And that forms the culture. Instead of saying, here's our culture, let's go get the people. Yeah. Yeah. Kyle is a way of being very direct. On Cuts point. through it, and yeah. I was like... That's exactly what I agree. He just verbalized it a little more directly, and mm-hmm. and Kyle said, "I'm saying exactly what you're saying, but just a I just way. it's the people. Let's yeah. go get the people." Yeah. And so, like I started saying, "This is this is for real." Well, your mission statement was kind of like, "Here, here's what we're going to build. Yeah. Here's the people we're going to build it with. Yeah. Not names, but right. they're going to be this." And we had a great roadmap because the Niners had been so successful. Yeah. Kind of the roadmap for the league. So why not take advantage of that? But we also knew we got to create this ourselves. Right. So, um, and I think that year one and year two was supporting each other because it could be quick. That, well, well, a lot of negativity in our fan, in our uh, business, in our area, in our, you know, like if you listen to all the naysayers, well, first time in coach, guys never came from the broadcast booth. What the hell do they know? Blew the Super Bowl. Yeah. Exactly. 28 to 3. What is yeah. it? Guys, never done it. My role. Well, the beginning of this year, I read, and again, yeah. I'm in the business. Shanahan and him just friction, friction, right? And that there couldn't have been anything further from the truth because that's the greatest thing through this. All we always had each other's back, win or lose. Like, right. hey, we're gonna we're in this thing together. And that's what GMs don't do. Yeah. Very often, the GM is sitting with the owner. It's easy to go with the owner and say, hey. But but you need to be that guy's biggest. We're in it me. together, right? I mean, if that doesn't yeah. happen, if you're not in it together, right. everybody sees it. And I hate saying this, but Kyle's just like that's very much his personality. He believes yeah. in what he's believing. He's never gonna deviate. Yeah. For me, I think it was born out of. I think number one, first and foremost, my belief in Kyle. Second of all, I had an attitude where I very much became like Kyle because I was like, man, I'm making this decision. I'm moving my family. I'm going to be me. Yeah. You know? And yeah. so it became very much, we're going to do our way. And so when people, all the noise and family saying, John, this person said this, I don't care. You know, like, we got the same thing said about me when I was a player. Well, let's go. Yeah. And, uh, we just kept plodding forward, and Jed gave us great support. The York family gave us great support. Oh, they're so happy. Never once questioned us, like, hey, it's year three. You guys better get going. It was, you guys were proud of me. You guys were making progress. And that means the world. Because when you're convicted and you have the support, we had it by virtue of the contract. But still, Jed had shown that he was willing oh, to yeah. win. Oh, no, they want to win. Yeah. And, but the thing is, they had also come through a time in a building, as you know, and I'm sure you heard about, was very toxic. Was not together. So was, they wanted. Hard. They wanted. Yeah. Con- they wanted a team to work together, yeah. and that that encouraged them that you guys were right. together. Yeah, and that's one thing. I had a lot of faith in my ability. One thing I had always been, you know, uh, been able to go in places and bring people together. Right. And did it in Denver? Felt did strong it about Tampa. it. Even with strong personalities. You know. I mean, like, that, I mean, you had Sap. 
who is <laughs> that alone trade you. I know they just tell but then Derek was way different than Warren. Yeah, Derek, and yeah. they played off each other a certain way. Yeah. But then you're in the back. Yeah. And you got kind of, and you were there before either one of them. Yeah, I was. So you had to be that. Yeah. And all of us deserve, you know. But my dad sent me something when I got the job the day, and my dad was the CEO of companies and stuff, played yeah. a little football. Yeah. But it said, you know, gosh, I gotta look at it. But it sits in my office, and it says, "There's no limit to what a man can accomplish." If nobody cares who gets the credit, you that's know, so that's true. kind of the thing. Kyle and I shared that. Let's yeah. just do this thing together. Yeah. And so we got to go do it to actually make it something. But it's it's been a pretty cool thing. Well, but thing. here you are, three years. Yeah. Three years in the NFL is fast. And after you know. six and ten and four and twelve. Yeah. To turn it around, it's pretty. And cool. turn and be sitting. So what is what is this week like to you? You've been in a, you've been through this as a player. How nerve-wracking is it? You can't make a tackle on Sunday. Yeah. But you know what uh, you have, too. Really not that nerve-wracking. I mean, there's a lot of things on the exterior that I try to... For a GM, I think a big part of the... Let your coaches coach. So take yeah. a lot of the pressures off them. So there's a lot of thing with uh, the generosity of our ownership. We're ringing over 1,500 people. It's amazing. And so making... I mean, I remember as a player, my family, if Linda and the kids were happy, I was happy. Yeah. Like, can we just take and care so of them? There's a lot of that, which is a lot of things that you're not exposed to. So that's different. Mm-hmm. There's That's been a lot of the work. But uh, yeah. otherwise, let's make this a normal week. And let's. Our group gives us a ton of confidence because they're battle tested. I mean, you think about our gauntlet of like the last four or five games. I mean, every game is decided. You go from one to six, right? Oh, my I mean, God. Yeah. And uh, we've done it with defense. We've done 9-0 in the rain and in uh, Washington, we've done 48-46 at New Orleans with Jimmy outdoor and Garopp, or, uh, Breeze. Breeze, yeah. So, uh, defense stifling the run game. Our pass defense is as good as in our defensive front. So, I think that just did, uh, brings a lot of confidence. i got a lot of confidence in this group. They're loose. They're focused. Um, we understand and respect incredibly that we've got a great opponent in uh, the Kansas City Chiefs. All right, it's going to be a football Friday. The ultimate game will preview Super Bowl 54 between the 49ers and the Chiefs. And, hey, folks, uh, if you haven't been to Tampa Bay Downs in a while or at all, what's taking you so long, man? Get out there. In addition to thoroughbred horse racing, they also have no limits action in the Silk Poker Room. You can uh, work on your golf swing at the Downs Golf Practice Facility. Uh, And, of course, Always live thoroughbred racing four days a week, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Gates open at 11 a.m. Post time is 1225, and the excitement is always fast and fun. Tampa Bay Downs, you bet they run. You can call Tampa Bay Downs now at 813-855-4401. For Steve Versnick, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody. 